Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Well, I've been doing some rudimentary math, and and some things just don't add up. It uh, some things just don't make sense. This uh, we tend to focus on the quote spiritual unquote and quote metaphysical unquote arena of conversations on the show, and. Oftentimes on this show, we've talked about the ego, the ego being the, the, the naughty boy in the room. The ego must be controlled. The ego must be put in check. The ego must be brought under, um, so to speak, uh, the discipline of the enlightenment of the, pers- of the human persona. And uh, in if the ego, just a question, if the ego is the software, if you will, that runs on our brains, our ego is this persona that we've grown on our human persona, on our human persona, the day we were born, none of us had a, uh, an ego to speak of. And our, our family dynamics, our family of origin was the place where our ego was created. And fast forward to today, here we are with all our egos exchanging sentences and thoughts and conversations. And our ego is the platform, if you will, of of this mechanism in general. If the ego is is supposed to be put in check, and some some spiritual leaders even say we must kill the ego, that the ego is the 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 opposite of the vehicle of enlightenment how how is it that in our human design here we are now today the vast majority of us are using 8 to 10% of our uh, of our brains the engine our ego runs on the engine our ego runs on is only running at like 8 to 10% we haven't even punched the gas pedal. We haven't even opened it up. We haven't even brought it online, so to speak. Eight to 10% are not impressive numbers when we talk about 100% of, of what the design of our brain would allow. I, I don't want to get too mental here, but pardon the, the pun, but if Part of our evolutionary process, we're bringing more and more and more of our brain online and we get up in the 70, 80, 90% of our brain is in use. What's the consciousness that this brain is running if it's not our egos? What's the consciousness if our egos are the bad guys 
and the engine our ego's running on is idling at the at the stoplight, something doesn't make sense there. Something that I. I've been noodling this for a while, and I think there's a, a divine idea of the ego, and the divine idea of an ego, it's a very substantial part of our enlightened persona. Yeah, the ego is perhaps not the bad guy. Maybe the ego's not um, running the right software. Maybe the ego's role changes. I don't know. Give it a think. I'd love to hear what you think. Hey, uh, I'm excited for the show tonight. Tonight the topic is missing element, hidden strength. And our guest tonight is Tisha Morris. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. The, the theme of this show is our human potential, our, our human uh, our human genome fully realized. And as I just mentioned, fully realized, um, does, does any country on the planet today have a fully realized human genome that's operating at 100% capacity or maybe in the high 90s? What would that persona look like if we were to meet them in public? And I'm curious about what would their ego look like as far as a, a, a piece of the puzzle of their of their human genome. Something I'm I'm still giving this a think because the math just doesn't add up. Um, anywho, anywho. I think uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about, and it's time to get to it. Again, the topic tonight is Missing Element, Hidden Strength. That's the name of our guest tonight's latest book, our guest, Tisha Morris. Tisha teaches you how to apply the ancient wisdom of Taoist principles so you can identify and improve your most challenging element. This is related to the five elements. Moving your desk to the power position and expressing your energy with clothing are just a couple of ways to awaken dormant aspects of ourselves. There's that dormant aspect. What's missing in the human genome? And to integrate your creative right brain with your business left brain, there's that brain thing. It's time to turn your missing element into your hidden strength. Join me in welcoming Tisha to the show. Tisha, we've got you on the show. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I love, now I know. Um, Go ahead. I love where you're going with the fully realized genome. I love it. It's it's a it's a curious thing. I I don't think it's obvious yet. I don't. I think there's chap. Uh, how do you say this? I think there's 
dormant attributes that have not been realized and either fully realized people have existed on the planet and they were burned to death at this uh, at the town square because they were out of the norm or <laughs> but um but talking about you and this book the the missing element so correct me if i'm wrong but you're you're taking the notion of the five elements that are found in nature and superimposing it on the human persona and and what you're suggesting is that every human being is going to have a, a prominent or primary element or element and then there's going to be the dormant um elements within their persona and and your book is is describing how to identify and then actuate or realize the hidden strength behind that persona you nailed it so when we think about the elements and the attributes that each one of them have with the human persona can you give us uh, uh just an overview of the five elements and the the general characteristics of those yes absolutely so as you as you uh, said we all have all five of these elements within us and it's, this comes really directly out of Chinese medicine, which comes out of Taoism. And um, our, all of our organ systems are associated with one of the elements. This is basically the, the basics of acupuncture and, um, in Chinese medicine. And then when you start to apply it to our personalities, that takes it a little bit beyond Chinese medicine and more into um, a little bit of an overlay of Western psychology. Um, and... So each of these elements, and, and as you said, we have one that's our primary element, and then one that's kind of, I like your word, dormant, that I, I wish I had known, I heard that word. Um, that's a really good way of saying it, um, dormant or missing element. And the word dormant is perfect because it's not really missing. Um, we're just, it's just dormant. And what happens is over time, we, we kind of favor um, those aspects of ourselves that come easy, kind of the, the softball life gives us. And so we focus our attention on on our primary element because it's the it's the easy one. It's our go-to. It's the bread and butter, which is great. We need that. But we stop expanding, or a way of saying that is go beyond our comfort zone when we don't embrace or integrate that missing or dormant element. And so these five elements are um, the five elements are the pillars of Taoism. Um, if anyone is like I Ching. Um, fans, it's the five elements that comes out of the I Ching. The I Ching is um, arguably the oldest book ever written, even though it wasn't really writing. It was just these trigrams that later became hexagrams. But within those, the original five are the five elements. And so they represent, um, there's lots of ways we can talk about them. They, they can represent the five seasons. I know there's four seasons, but the fifth season is the equinox. Um, the, the, the seasons, um, it's also the creative process, meaning the process of birth, death, and rebirth. Um, and so it's the process of, of our lifespan. Um, we're, we're born, we're in the womb in the water element. We um, come out of the womb into the world in the wood element. We, we, we become adolescents with lots of energy in the fire element and, and so forth. And we move to the earth and the metal and, and then we die. 
back into the water. Now, the way these show up in our personalities, um, we can think of them as archetypes. And so the water element is also represented by the winter season when um, that's the, the quiet, the introverted time of, of the year where the energy is low. It's considered yin um, in, in Chinese medicine, uh, the passive, the quiet. And that's when we are most attuned or that's the phase of the cycle in which we are most attuned to the spirit world. It's the phase in which an idea comes down out of nowhere. You're taking a walk and suddenly, ta-da, you have an idea or maybe in meditation or even in your dream, dream world, you have an idea maybe for a book or for, for a painting or whatever, whatever thing you like to create. Um, and so that's the water phase. And so people who, have, who are dominant in the water element, they're going to be the introverted, the quiet, the contemplative, the meditators, um, the archetype I assign them is the philosopher. Um, uh, they're, they're the quiet one in the room, but they're most likely to come up with the, the brilliant idea. Um, and so from there, it's going to be up to the other elements to actually bring it into fruition, to actually um, bring it, make it tangible. And so that's where we start to move into the wood phase. And that's the phase where we actually start to take action, like human step action, like uh, writing down your idea on paper, making an outline, um, drawing a, um, a scale or a graph or blueprint. That's the wood phase. And so uh, for those who are prominent in the wood phase, they're the ones who are quick starters. They, they take action on things. They're, they're leaders. They're seekers. They, um, they are not afraid to be the, the first one to do something. Um, and then things move into the fire phase. We start to move into summer, uh, metaphor, literally metaphorically, and that's the yang energy, when energy is at its height. Um, and so this phase in a project is when we really put the, the work into it. We, we, we do the whole 80,000-word first draft, or we, um, we actually do the project that we've been planning on doing. Um, for those who are dominant in the fire element, they are highly energetic. They're people. They're people. People. <laughs> they like to work with people. They're good collaborators. They're they're enthusiastic. They're like the cheerleaders that we all need in life. If we're if we're not that if we're not a fire element, we need a fire element person in our life to keep us going, to keep us um, keep us excited about what we're doing. And then um, once the energy hits its peak, um, as it does late summer, going into early fall, that's when we move into the earth phase. And it's that earth phase where the energy kind of um, kind of stops momentarily, take a pause, a rest. We start to look, review what we've done. Um, and then so for, and also ground and make sure it's grounded. We think about um, maybe feedback from others or think about the practicality and the monetization of whatever we've created. For our earth, for those who are dominant in the earth element, they're the grounded ones. They're the practical. They take their time um, with things. They're patient. They're also uh, great in groups of trying to keep everyone harmonious um, and trying to keep uh, no bickering among the group, kind of like the archetype, the archetype of the mother. 
And then we um, move into the final phase, which is a metal, and that's in the um, late fall, early winter, when the leaves start to um, fall off the tree. And again, I'm referring to these seasons literally and or metaphorically. Um, and so this is the phase of a project where the details start to matter, the refinements, the precision, the separating the wheat from the shaft. And so for our metal people, they're the editors in life. They're to keep things on track. They're detail-oriented. They're the organizers. Um, and Lord knows we need, need them. They often get overlooked. Um, that the energy starts to quieten, so it begins into the yin, so they're a little bit introverted. Um, You've got to be introverted to be detailed, right? Um, and then um, the project comes to its final closure and goes, goes back into the water. Everything begins and ends in the water phase, just like, um, just like birth and death. So maybe in my descriptions you recognize yourself in some of those elements. Again, we all have, contain all five of these. For any of you who are, who are artists or solo entrepreneurs, um, you you inherently have to tap into all of these in order to, um, if you're like me, you're your own graphic designer, you're 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 your own accountant, or not necessarily. I'm not my own accountant, but you know what I mean. Um, you have to um, do all the things, and so you probably um, not forced to, but you know you probably have access. Um, to all five of these that you're on a regular basis. However, there's one of those that probably is a little bit of an Achilles heel for you. Um, and so that would be your missing element. And when you start to embrace that missing element, that's when you can start to take things to a new level. That's when what I call up-leveling. Um, so going beyond just the level of success or even the level of enjoyment that you've had so far. Um, it's really um, fully realizing your genome. <laughs> and from there, it's, it's, you know, it's not necessarily about, about just pushing yourself to do hard things. It's about um, having more satisfaction in life and, and getting the work out of the world that is, is, is at its best um, that the world needs. Um, if we use nature as our metaphor, it's like a plant. You know, if you're a gardener like myself, you you can get away with kind of, um, you know, getting away with not the best gardening. Your plants kind of survive, but they're not doing great. <laughs> well, if you think about that in terms of, like, something you're working on, is that really what you want to go for? I mean, on some days, yes, but <laughs> let's be honest, we want to, not just survive, but we want to thrive and, and create, create the best way we can. Well, you're really describing uh, a cycle of creation, so to speak, where, where it starts in the etherical, in the mental space, the idea, and you mm -hmm. might nurture that over time. And then, and then through the cycle, you're bringing it into form, into the physical as a as a creation process and i was curious that for winter uh it seemed like you were talking about refining the creation so it if we're looking at our human persona as this vehicle of creation which is a fantastic model um 
the for many of us we we fall short of our capability to to embody the creation cycle at a organic or natural way and and what you're suggesting is there's some stage in that cycle that um in on some stages uh of that cycle we're going to have positive easy to do natural attributes within our persona and somewhere in that cycle we're going to fall short or or impede the cadence the pacing yeah. <laughs> of the creation process is is that it that's a great way of saying it yeah so i'll give you an example so for me the fire phase is, is my missing element and i of course now know that and so and my creative endeavors are are writing books and um and i've successfully written books yes um, I've made it through the, 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 the all five stages. However, it's always the fire phase where I really, in your, in your words, um, lose the cadence. And so I have to really put, have to do a lot of, how do I say it, be very conscious when I get to that phase of the process. And it's the, commit, it's the commitment phase of, like, just turning out, the 60,000 words and putting like this, it, the fire phase is commitment to, 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 to push through. And so this is where actually collaborations and working with other people comes in handy. So I'm married to a fire element. And so I know that she's always going to be there to like help me, like just encouragement, like keep going. It's a great book. It's a great idea. You should keep going. And, or, and so that, that's one way of helping integrate our, dormant element. Another way is actually to bring in these elements through our through our space, um, through our through our environment. And that's where this starts to overlap with feng shui. Um, all of these elements show up in their literal and or their symbolic form. So, for example, the fire element, um, I can light a candle, and so I know that when I'm in the fire phase, I will light a candle on my desk. And just have that candle burning as a symbolic representation or energetically um, to, to help me, you know, stick with the fire. Um, the other ways you can bring fire into a space is the color red um, and then the uh, shape of the triangle. So even having just some, some objects around your, your work area um, can help, help you um, kind of bring in that energy. Nice. I like that. So when we're when we're being raised as children, we're we're literally being programmed. We're we're programming our our thinker. <laughs> our our <laughs> parents show us objects. This is a book, this is a door, this is a whatever. And then we assign value to those objects. And and some of those objects might be attributes like being loud or quiet. You know, children mm-hmm. should should be seen and not be heard, and et cetera. Yep. And I mean, would would there be advantage to look at our family dynamics? I mean, if we were having a tough time identifying our elements, is the strong element and the hidden element or the dormant element? Um, 
is that context created in the family dynamic or is that more of a individual personality sort of thing? Um, that's a that's a great question. Um, I find that it's more individual, um, more individual. Everyone in my family are, are earth elements. Um, and I seem to be the, the only like major wood one. So um, and I'm the only one who's moved out of their hometown as well. So that, that tracks. Um, so I do have a quiz that you can take, and um, it's on my website. It's also in the book, and it shows you how you rank with all five of the elements. So different than most personality tests where it's like you're this or you're that. It's like you are all five, but let's show you how you rank among all five. Um, and so that's, that's, a, that's, in my opinion, the best way to kind of start and get to, get to know how, you, um, how, how your personality you know, tracks with these elements. Nice. Well, as I as I think about what you're saying, um, my my father was a very very intense man, and um, he was a World War II vet, and the war scarred him so very deeply. And decades later, I'm born, the last of seven. And in that in that household, he was uh, he was kind of a wild card. You could approach him with something, and you'd have no clue what his reaction would be. He might be happy as can be, or he might not. And so it was risky to approach him with anything. And and what I'm getting at is the creative cycle, because mm-hmm. from my from my childhood, I would get everything right up to completion, right up to completion. And then at the, at the moment of completion, the next step would be to show dad. Mm-hmm. And that was, such a, mm-hmm. that was such a wild card. I would choose not to complete it. Wow. So yep. I, I, get, I get the birdhouse and I get the roof done and I'd maybe build the body of the of the birdhouse and put the hanger on it, but I wouldn't put all those pieces together because I didn't know what the consequence was yeah. over over time. How how yeah. do you think our is our primary element um, DNA? Is it uh, the personality of our soul that that uh, pushes through our family dynamic? To, you shared that your element was different from your the rest of your household, I believe you said. Mm-hmm. And um, wh- where are those uh, decided or created? You know, I, I think it will remain the mystery of one of the mysteries of life, but I do think it is probably a combination of all of those things. Um, and with, you know, with the five elements, you know, it's not an exact science. And so, you know, I've noticed that I've, my primary element has kind of shifted over, over time. Um, and so I'm not as witty as I once was. I'm starting to be a little bit more metally. And part of that is because I'm doing more entertainment law, which is very detailed, a very detailed work. So most of my day I'm, I'm more in the metal phase, in the metal element. Um, so it's not an exact science, changeable. Um, and there, we also go through different periods of our life that kind of, um, well, voluntarily or involuntarily, bring these elements out and kind of forces us, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, into, for example, 
um, the water phase is associated with grief. Um, and so if you, if you go through a period of uh, maybe uh, people around you dying and you're kind of in that grief, then you're going to be, you know, more in that water phase, um, maybe not your usual, you know, if you're fire element, maybe not your usual extroverted and want to hang out with people person, you know. And so for a few years, you might be feeling more of the of a different element for just life circumstances. So, you know, it's not an exact science, but I think to your point, um, your example with your father is a great example of how we start to develop these patterns. And what I find with people um, in, in particularly writing, I do, I do book coaching, so I again see this more in, in the writing process than anything. People who um, have a hard time just getting started at all, like just even you know getting past the blank page, which would be going from the water to the wood phase. There's the people who get halfway through and uh, stop, which would be my, which would be something I would do. <laughs> and then there's people like you who almost finish and then stop. Um, and so that's important information for yourself and knowing, okay, I just hit up upon my my dormant element, what's going on here. And what happens if we don't do that, we start to create stories. And that is, oh, the timing's just not right, it's not meant to be, I'm just not good at writing, you know, all these stories that we make up. Um, and it's really as simple as, okay, why is this element causing me some fuss? Um, for you, you kind of identified it, you, it's the metal phase, that completion of, um, and now you, you kind of, um, got some good clues as to why that pattern got ingrained and and for you it's just a you know matter of bringing more consciousness to it and um getting past that hurdle so um, yeah go ahead well what does it look like when all five elements are vibrant alive and in their stride yeah, I think it's like uh, hitting a bullseye, um, you know. <laughs> um, when all of those things come together, you know, you're 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 in your flow state, which is usually your your primary element. Um, you know, again, a lot of this, a lot of times, it does take collaboration or even teams, um, a team of people coming together to really accomplish something bigger than they could could for themselves for themselves. Um, and so that that's a way to, to start and start understanding or start appreciating um, collaboration. Wow, I like that. The, it it seems like if we if our metaphorical wand, the the notion that you have a magic wand and you intend you come up with inspiration. And with your wand, you bring it into form with grace and ease, completing the cycle quickly and easily, so to speak, the metaphor of the magic wand. And and mm -hmm. so if we were to bring the five elements online and tune them up, and it's like I'm tuning a race engine, and now I've got horsepower, and I've got the steering wheel, and I've got the gas pedal, What what is the... What's the role of the creation process? I know that's a vague question, but um, for myself, when I wrote my first book, 
decades ago at this point. Um, my my ego argued with my heart for six years about whether <laughs> a, a writer or not, and mm-hmm. and fast forward now, I mean my my, my heart had to strong arm the idea of me being a writer into my psyche and now I've written a bunch of books and I re- I write all the time and uh, um, what I'm getting at is I have realized that my heart and my soul is is kind of like a portal like an entry point um, a gateway so to speak from within me where my where my heart said, uh, be a writer, and the rookie me um, pissed and moaned and, and stomped my feet, and and now I'm a writer, and I really, really love to write, and I, that never would have come to be had it not come up within me. So when we look yeah. at the cre- creative cycle the creative process, when we get that engine tuned, when we get those five elements fully online and, and in high performance, how does the creative process, what would you say is its purpose or role in our persona? Well, I would say, first of all, the creative process is kind of what you said at the very beginning. It's turning thoughts into things, and that is the essence of being a human being, is that we have um, our, you know, we have access to the spirit world and of the intangible, and we're here to um, make things tangible. I think that is the ultimate, one of the ultimate purposes of being here, aside from, um, you know, interpersonal relationships um, with the heart connection. Um, so I love that you were able to finally quieten that the doubting, the doubting, you're not a writer, doubting voice. Um, I think so many creatives go through that. And, um, and really what you did is actually when you talk about your heart and, um, and that, that bigger, the bigger voice, the higher self voice of, no, I am a writer. That was actually you going back into the water phase. The phase closest to God, which is, or why am I? Why do I want to write? Or what's 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 motivating or inspiring me? Inspiring me to write. Um, and a lot of times it it takes going back to that inspiration, um, which I think the word inspiration means like with God or something. It's um, to really finally trump the. The ego, um, the ego voice of you're not good enough. At the end of the day, that's what it, the ego always comes back around to. Which in the very beginning, you talked about the ego and and the role of the ego and is it really a bad guy or not? Um, um, it, it always plays. Um, it's trying to help us out and does so to a certain extent until it kind of outwears its usefulness in some in some ways. Um, but yeah, going back to the water element. And, and remembering that, oh, my words actually could help people. Um, or I really want to write my story. Uh, I'm writing a memoir right now, and part of it is for cathartic reasons. Even if it never gets published, I'm writing this for myself. 
And I have to keep going back to that and remembering that in order to get me through some of these other phases. Otherwise, you know, I'm a very practical person. I'm an attorney after all. I mean, my goodness, like I could spend more, more of my time making, making money, right? Why am I writing a book and wasting all this time? That's the ego mind a lot of the times. So I have to re-remember of the real reason I'm writing this book. And so I think that's the case for, for most creatives. Um, and with the creative process, when we're creating something out of nothing, there is a lot of time between, there's a lot of time in between the thought and the thing and that gap of time where a lot of doubt can start to um, creep in. Nice. Well, now, you, you write the book uh, with the individual in mind, but let's go outside of the realm of the book Take the take the concepts of the book and apply it to the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. If you think of like um, Pleasant, the first part of Pleasantville, the 1950s, everybody has their role. Everybody's following the rules. Everybody's um, it's a white picket fence idea of quote reality unquote. And then fast forward to the last couple of years and the whole idea of normal or, or or stable or whatever has kind of been tipped over. Could we take the notion of the uh, five elements and the, the creation process as uh, uh, a source of guidance for the collective consciousness to make a new idea of normal that better suits the the vast diversity of the human persona. Hmm. I I would hope I would love that to be true, and I hope so. <laughs> um, I will say that the Trojan Horse reason I did write this book was honestly to remind ourselves, even if it's in a subtle way to look to nature for guidance. Um, I wrote this book during during quarantine of the pandemic, and I could see, I could foresee that the world was never going to be the same, particularly the workplace, and that more people would become, would work from home, and we'd be more solitary in their, in their work day, and therefore have to rely on their inner resources more than ever. Um, and so that was really the, the the main reason I wrote wrote the book, well, the timing of why the, why I wrote the book in the time I did, and also, like I said, really work looking to nature for a win win win, um, and, re- and just realizing we're not any different than like my how I work is no different than my garden. <laughs> right. Um, and so if 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 it if it makes us or encourages us to look uh, to these ancient, to the ancient wisdom, then that that really is my goal, um, and not be so separate from from the natural world. Very nice. I think <laughs> very 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 nice. Nature is no rookie. Nature has a billion experience. <laughs> Billion years experience above any one of us, and and I'm not here to trash the ego, but the Western mind, the Western ego, has nothing, nothing of value <laughs> to offer nature. Nature is not right. interested. 
in our Western <laughs> intellect. I mean, <laughs> so, so when you say, <laughs> so when you say nature, are you talking about the five elements or uh, a, a bigger idea of nature? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, I'm talking about literal, like, like when I talk about, I'm gonna keep referring to gardening. Um, Gardening is so is, is the five element process. So if you plant a plant, the plant is the plant itself is the wood element. You need dirt, which is the earth element. You need sun, which is the fire element. You need water, which is the water element. Then you need um, mineral, like a, the dirt composition, the minerals in the dirt, which is the metal element for a success, successful plant. If we look into if we look into nature, meaning um, areas that have not really been you know ruined by man in say jungles and you know areas that are still doing their natural thing we can find that it, it achieves harmony um do things die absolutely it has to um do do trees overtake the forest to where forest fires happen absolutely um these are processes of birth death and rebirth that are natural um and and, and that they nature finds a way to find harmony um and so that's what I mean by by looking to nature, um, and whereas the places where man has overtaken nature and um, uh, you know it's completely thrown thrown ecosystems off. Um, and I'm not even a huge environmentalist type person, but I think anyone can see um, that man has, as you said, <laughs> the human intellect um, has not done nature any favors. Right. Well, the the idea of nature within nature, in other words, um, nature without the influence of man. Here in Colorado, we have the Rocky Mountains, and it's pretty easy to drive up the road and just randomly stop and wander off um, up into the trees. And it, um, there's a there's a uh, it's so nature is so elegant it, it, there's such a uh everything is is i would say it it trusts the continuity of life the flower mm-hmm. is completely and totally a flower in the moment now and has no concern about the next now Whereas mm-hmm. the human the human mind, boy, do we wring our hands about the future. Trusting the continuity of life is a big deal in the human in the human narrative on this planet. To 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 imagine humanity, the human persona, so peaceful as a deer grazing in the forest, as a flower blossoming in a mountain meadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you you take that as a, a reference point, so to speak, and you take the any human on the planet and and compare those two uh, personas. And nature is invariably, I mean, there's tsunamis and hurricanes and earthquakes. Nature knows how to raise some hell, but um, <laughs> it it also knows how to be congruent with things as they are I, I, it's kind of hard to put your finger on the the extreme elegance of nature yeah 
I love that. I love that. Yeah, elegance. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That those, those beautiful images that you just gave us. Um, and, and so, yeah, what what, na- what nature does via the five elements? It's the five elements is a cycle. There's there's several cycles in in Taoism with the, with the five elements. There's the constructive cycle. There's the destructive cycle, and, and so forth. But you put them all together. Destructive cycle meaning you know the tsunamis and the forest fires and so forth. But you put them together, and over time, again, assuming man does not have their nefarious hands involved, but it what happens is it is it, it is expansion at a sustainable rate. So there's growth and expansion, but at a sustainable rate, similar to like you know, the ideal economics is for the GDP in our country is, is growth at a sustainable rate. Obviously, we're not doing that these days. Um, it's either, you know, extremely, you know, rushing in, in, in feng shui, we call it rushing energy or stagnant energy. Um, but with when the five elements are balanced, and doing what doing their thing, then it leads to expansion at a sustainable rate, um, and that that's really what our goal should be in life um, with our own with our own personal journey. Um, at least it is for me. I'm expanding, but at a sustainable rate. I'm not going to expect myself <laughs> to um, to be enlightened and be the perfect partner tomorrow. Um, but I sure am um, doing my work one day at a time. Right. Well, it's uh, nature will do just fine without humans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> nature knows what it's doing. It doesn't need our uh, advice or consent. <laughs> but but yet uh, humans are in in attached at the hip with nature. It's uh, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat. Um, we're not alone in this ecosystem, and to be able to to bring the human persona, the human narrative, into harmony with nature, because technology and and you know smartphone apps and social media online and whatnot. Um, whether their attributes are, are good or bad, at some point, nature's waiting for us out the front door. And, <laughs> and if we lose sight of our relationship with nature, at some point, there'll be a recalibration. And the longer we put that off or the farther we get out of balance, the more turbulent the recalibration will be. And I, I think that's what your book is hinting at, is like, what are the hidden strengths? The, the mm-hmm. subtitle of your book, Apply the Natural, Natural, Apply the Natural Strength of All Five Elements to Unlock Your Full Creative Potential. I like that. Thank you. What what elements are missing? Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but um, if if you look at the collective consciousness and then you look at nature, where are we? What elements are we weak in? Definitely water. Um, and you know, I think you know, you were saying a minute ago about recalibration. I think that's what the um, COVID did. It forced us. It forced all of us into the water element, which is 
uh, quiet. I mean, how many people took up meditation? They, they, they started projects that they, you know, they it basically put us in very yin energy. Um, and, uh, you know, we, can, we won't have to go into re-remembering the pandemic years, but <laughs> traumatized all of us. But um, it really did shift our very extremely yang culture into yin activities. And so that would be, but now we're back, we're back to our old usual yang selves. Um, definitely the yang energy, which is wood and fire, definitely is propagated in our culture. Um, you know, contemplation and just being is not encouraged um, in our in our in our culture. Um, you really have to, and it's hard. You have to really carve it out um, in your day. You go to meditation or yoga or um, even for some people just to get enough sleep, which is the water element. Um, so I'd, I'd, that's what I would say. Our, our culture needs more water, which is just pretty much take a chill pill <laughs> and connect back with um, with God and, and, and you know, source energy um, in nature. I like that. It it reminded me of uh, in in 2013 in in Boulder, Colorado. It rained 21 inches of rain in three days and uh, I watched it very closely as a event with the community and what that water element did was bring all our narratives all our busy busy minds into one narrative holy shit, when is it going to stop raining? Is my house going to flood? Is my car going to flood? Is my life going to metaphorically drown? Didn't matter how much money you made or if you were homeless. It didn't matter this or that. It didn't matter who you were. We all took on the same narrative. And it rained and it rained and it rained. And it was like Mother Nature pushing us all up against the wall, metaphorically, mentally pinning us against the wall. And then the water stopped. And we all took that first step together. Mm. It was mm-hmm. it was really a beautiful thing. The day after, I walked from one I walked from one side of the city to the other through the neighborhoods. And there um, there was no hysterics. There were many driveways with half pure white and half muddy brown wedding dresses stretched out on the lawn, books of pictures caked in mud, um, people shoving mud out of their basements. And uh, it, it was like a master reset. It was really kind of a fascinating thing to watch because it it got us all on the same page, maybe only for a day or two, but but uh we all we all took that first step together. Mm-hmm. It, and and the sense of community, even though we weren't in in a common place, we weren't in the park. We weren't in the civic center. 
we were all in our own homes, but we were all very much connected through that single event. And and as you mentioned, the water element being what's uh, perhaps missing in the collective, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, we you know we just had that we just had that exact scenario here in California. Um, and you're right, we literally people coming out of their homes to to view the the water the bridges that had collapsed and so forth, um, and you know observing nature's drama um, was uh, you're right. There was a collective pause and a collective first step. Um, yeah. Well, nice. Uh, well, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to make sure the audience knows about your books, any services. Um, do you see people in person, online? Tell our audience all about you and your modalities. All right. Um, the best place to reach me is my website, tishamorris.com. That's T-I-S-H-A. Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S dot com. All of my books can be found on Amazon and really anywhere online. Um, Missing Element Hidden Strength is my latest. I have several other books um, that really focus on feng shui in the home. Um, so if feng shui is of interest to you, I have um, all kinds of resources for that. I also teach feng shui um, with a, through a certification course. I um, also have clutter courses. One of my books is called Clutter Intervention. So if you have clutter, clutter issues or you want to give someone a hint um, that they have clutter issues, um, buy the book Clutter Intervention. Um, but again, TishaMorris.com. I'm also on Instagram and all the socials. So, um, so uh, follow me. Or you can also take the quiz on my website um, and, um, and be on my newsletter from there. So uh, this has been such a pleasure, Les. Um, it's so so wonderful to talk to you, and I love your perspective. Well, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, too. Thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, it's my pleasure. We've been talking with Tisha Morris, and the topic tonight is the name of our latest book, Missing Element, Hidden Strength. Um, talks about the five elements and how it relates to our human persona. Now, you know, I probably should apologize because we've had a real uptick with uh, listeners in India. And here I am touting the idea that um, we might want to bring our egos with us to enlightenment. That can sound like throwing fuel on a fire. But there might be a correspondence with our DNA because science tells us the same thing about our DNA. We've only got a small percentage of our DNA online. And don't you find it just a little bit curious that we're using 8 to 10% of our brain and we're using 8 to 10% of our DNA? I'm no Darwinologist, but if we've got a brain that's been built and yet we aren't using it yet, how is that a survival mechanism? How is that a Darwin principle? If we've got 
much more horsepower that's dormant. And in our history, we don't see per se people that have 100% of their brain turned on, but 100% of us have 100% of brain capacity of which we're only using 10% or perhaps less. There's something about this human genome that um, I think we might all be caterpillars. Um, there's, uh, if we turned on 100% of our brain and we reactivated 100% of our DNA and we, we uh, developed the creative process or principle I've, um, whoever, uh, Krishna, Buddha, Jesus, the idea of performing a miracle in the moment. Oh, you're sick, poof, you're not sick. That whole narrative was 10 seconds. And yet we'll put up affirmations or make a vision board of what we want to create. And a year later, five years later, maybe even a decade later, we still have the same vision board and we haven't created it. There, I, I think there's so much to this human genome thing. That's why we've based 12 years of this podcast about looking at the human genome and looking at the human genome um, as a mechanism, as a vehicle, as a persona, as ourselves, I think we're in for some really super serious, exciting times. I think humanity is is on the brink of uh, a chapter of of untold of uh, wonders and delights. It's what an exciting time to be alive. Yeah, I want to take this moment and thank Susan. If you've been a guest on this show, it's because Susan made it happen. Susan uh, and I have worked to, worked together for about nine years. She's the editor of my books and my blogs, and uh, she schedules guests on the show. I want to thank Susan for all she's done over these many years to help the new human platform move forward. The new human living platform is a platform I created a decade or more ago. And I chose the words new human living because there's no, um, there's no box in that. There's no stipulation. There's, I believe the, the sovereignty, the sovereignty of your soul is a huge missing element because we've disconnected from the wisdom of our soul and we live almost entirely in the narrative or neurosis of our egos. Um, I, I, the new human platform, the new human living platform is about you, you as a human genome, you as a, and, and what is the divine idea of you? Not anybody else on the planet, the divine idea of you. 
all the books I write, all the blogs I write, I, I fiercely try to protect you. I don't want to tell you what to think. I don't want to tell you what to believe. I do want to tell you the what I have discovered about my own thinking and my own beliefs, not for you to copy them, oh, please, God, but to see them as mechanisms within our demeanor. Like I said on earlier in the show, my ego argued with my heart and my soul for six years to write a flippin' book. And and the mechanism of my ego arguing with my heart, period, that's it. Ego arguing with heart. N- not the topic, not the why, but the mechanism of how I got in my own way. Now fast forward several decades later, and I love to write. What the hell was my ego arguing with my heart for? I love to write. And um, I I like to consider myself a, I'm a free range philosopher. (laughs) I'm the last of seven kids. Nobody gave a crap how I thought. Nobody cared what I was thinking. Think about that, pardon the pun. Nobody cared what I was thinking. You know the first child in a household? The mother and father look at it under a microscope with a fine-tooth comb. And by seven, my parents are like, oh, whatever. And my older siblings didn't care about the, the caboose in the family. So I had fears. I can't overstate this enough. I had fierce freedom in how I thought. And fast forward now, I think I can be as full of crap as anybody else on the planet, but I like to give things a think and uh, just noodle them over, like I mentioned about the, the ego at the beginning of the show and the horsepower of the brain of which the ego runs on. Hey, I want to thank you, the listener. Always a pleasure. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Here you are at the end of the show, showing up for yourself, and I appreciate that. Um, if if you like my Kool-Aid, go to newhumanliving.com and sign up for the newsletter. I put them out every week, and and this contemplation of the ego is just an idea of some of the topics we talk about. Hey, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.